Welcome to Triangle 411, the pulse that moves the Triangle world today. It's a vibrant collection of stories, medical breakthroughs, what's trending, social good, events, and boundless other adventures. A conversation pit of comedians, authors, chefs, sports figures, experts, the common and the uncommon. Here's the host of Triangle 411, Mary Innsbrucker. Hi, friends. Katie Dunn is the mother of four, a career coach, and a huge advocate of advancing careers. She worked as the Senior Associate Director of Career Coaching for a UNC MBA program, currently acts as the Director of Career Development at Momentum Learning, and she is the founder of Back to Business which helps people return to a career they enjoy so they can continue to use their talents and skills at a job that fulfills them. Very important to have a job that fulfills you. And, you know, Back to Business holds conferences just about this very subject. Katie is here to give us some advice on revamping or starting a career. Let's welcome her. Hello, Katie, and thanks for being here. Hi, Mary. Thanks for having me today. So let's start with your story. What prompted you to start back to business? Well, in 2015, I was looking to go back to full-time work myself. I had been out of the full-time workforce for about 13 years, raising our four children, And when I was ready to go back, I was surprised to see how challenging that was, given that I had a block of time on my resume that was not filled with full-time work. And the more I spoke with the other smart and accomplished and highly educated women that I knew here in the Triangle, the more I heard over and over from them that they also would love to be back working, but were struggling to get back into the workforce. So I came up with the idea of back to business, thinking that I could connect all of these amazing and smart women that I knew with companies that, you know, I kept reading were wanting to hire more women and diversify their workforce. And it seemed to me that we needed something to bridge the gap between these two groups of people. So Back to Business started as a conference to educate women on how to conduct a job search, given that everything was now digital and maybe different from the last time they had job searched. And then also to connect them with these companies that were looking to hire women. Wonderful. That's a great goal. Um, And we're going to talk about some of these steps and starting with how do you revive a career? What's some steps to doing that? Yeah, I think first I would say it really takes stock of your skills and your strengths and what you enjoy doing. The, The number one determinant of career success is if you are following your interests, if you're doing something that you enjoy and you feel excited about. And so we want people to be doing things that they are happy to be doing and using their skills and strengths to do. So I think the first step is really taking stock of what are those skills and strengths and what interests you and then matching those up to the job market, doing some research on the local job market, 
We know, for example, here in the triangle, our job market is heavily driven by technology companies. And so if you've got skills that can be used in a tech company, then that's a great place to be in. But I would also encourage people to really be creative and think broadly about how their skills can be applied to the job market. And once you've done some of that, I would say come up with a few areas of focus for yourself. And then I always encourage people to prototype their career. And what I mean by that is to the extent that you can try on a new job. And some ways you could do that are just taking somebody to lunch or coffee who works in the job that you are thinking you might be interested in or works at a company you're interested in. Talk to them, ask a lot of questions, find out what it's really like, what is the day-to-day work like, and see how you think you might fit in into that environment and how your skills might be a match for that. So I think the talking to people stage is really critical. And also on the prototyping uh, step in this process, really thinking creatively about other ways that you can sort of try on a job. If you can shadow somebody who does that job, even just going to YouTube and looking for videos on day in the life of whatever that job title might be to really get a feel for what those people do in that career and how you might fit in and then really go after it. And by that, I mean, work through the people that you know and the companies where you want to work as opposed to just sitting in the safety of your own home and applying for a million jobs. I think that's um, just the sort of spray and pray method of applying to a lot of jobs without any type of referral or lead there is really inefficient and not a good use of a job seeker's time. So I think those things are critical. And then finally, I would say join communities for support. Um, find where your people are, where people who have a similar background or similar career goals to you are, and join those groups for support, for encouragement, for job leads, for referrals. Um, Back to business is one example. If you're a woman who has been out of the workforce for a while and wants to get back in, but there are job search groups at different churches. And I think the key there is being able to really ask for help of a community of people who have similar goals to you. All righty. So you, you've covered quite a bit there. Um, uh, what about new versus revived career? Yeah. So that's a great step, a great question, because uh, I think that as for women in particular, if they've been out of the workforce for a while, the jobs and the fields that they think about going back into are often different from the field that they left. So for example, at our recent Back to Business Women's Conference, I surveyed all of the women there and almost 60% of them told us that they are looking to restart their career in a different field than when they were last in the full-time workforce. That's interesting. That's that's great. Yes. I mean, I think it speaks to the fact that there's a lot of education that's really readily available now, online courses, community college courses, uh, coding boot camps, things like that. So there are a lot of ways that people can reskill 
pretty efficiently and then go into a whole new career field. And I think that's actually really exciting. And so the key there, if you're going into a new field, is to have a really good understanding of what are the skills that you need to succeed in that field. And then identifying your own skill gaps. So if you know there's a a skill that's critical for success in that field and you don't have it, then figure out where you can get that. It might just be an online course. It might be looking into the course catalog at Wake Tech and taking a course there. Um, But figuring out what those skills are and making sure that you now have them and also looking at the skills that you and strengths that you already do have from perhaps working in another field, thinking about how those can transfer to the field that you're now interested in and really being able to position yourself for success in that new field is very critical. I think you also have to get really good at telling your story and letting people know why you're a good fit, particularly if you're a career changer. Don't just assume that someone will look at your resume and think, oh, of course, I see where these skills from a previous career could be used in this career. You have to really spell those things out and get really good at communicating what are your skills and strengths and how they would apply to this new field or this new job that you're considering. So how do you articulate your value to employers? So I love this question because I think it boils down to really getting comfortable talking about your strengths. And honestly, a lot of us aren't very good at that. So I'm going to suggest that people sort of fill in the blanks of I am good at fill in the blanks. My strengths are fill in the blanks. Um, Don't make people guess what you're good at and what your strengths are. Really spell it out for them. And that may take some practice. Like you literally may have to look in your bathroom mirror and say out loud to yourself every morning, I'm good at X, Y, and Z. My strengths are X, Y, and Z. Here are some things I have accomplished using my skills and my strengths that are relevant to this new field that I'm going into. And so I think that's some work that we can all do is getting better at talking about our strengths. And that will really help when you're in an interview setting or you're doing just an informational interview or a networking call and you're talking to an employer and you are needing to articulate your value to them. The second step in that equation is really understanding what they value and lining up your skills and strengths to match up against that. So what they may value in in tech, say for a software engineering role, could be very different from what somebody in a firm that is really focused on marketing does. So understand what they value and how your skills and strengths line up to that and be very clear about articulating that. So that's great. So you wouldn't necessarily involve all those steps in a resume just once you get the interview? Well, I think that your resume needs to be really targeted to the opportunities that you're applying for. So if you are perhaps considering two different career fields to go back into as you reenter the workforce, have a resume that's tailored for each one. And I love the idea of having a profile statement on your resume, because I think that's a place where you can tell your story a little bit. And 
for somebody who is changing careers or reentering the workforce, I think that opportunity to tell your story is critically important. Okay, let so, me let me stop you because let's uh, let's let's analyze that a little bit. It's great to say a profile statement. Tell us how do we write a profile statement that sums up our career? So I think you want to start with what your skills and strengths are and how they line up to that particular employer and what they value or what that particular job is looking for. And then a profile statement. And these are not easy to write. So I'm going to give you some guidance, but I imagine that it will take folks a couple of iterations to really get this right. And so I would say keep it, uh, first of all, keep it brief because what we're trying to do here is sort of cram your um, your future goals and your life's work into no more than maybe three, four tops sentences. Mm. And so it does have to be brief. And this is tricky, but keep it forward looking and really relevant. So if your prior career is something that is not super relevant to where you're going in the future, then you're going to have to do the work of really pulling out the pieces that are relevant and the pieces that you know will have meaning to the reader of your resume who is filling a role in a career field that's different from where you came from. So I think the cardinal rule about writing a good profile statement is try to keep in mind it is not so much about you although it is your profile statement, it's more about your reader and what they're looking for and how you can express to them what it is you bring to the table as a job candidate in this field. So your profile statement on your resume, and in fact, your whole resume are things that I encourage folks to customize for each opportunity that they're applying for. That doesn't mean completely rewriting your resume every time you're applying for a new job, but it does mean reading through your resume and finding opportunities to reflect back to the reader the language of the job description that you are applying for so that as they read it, they will naturally come to see, oh, Katie's a really good candidate for this role. She talks the way we talk. She's got the skills mentioned specifically in her resume that we listed in our job description. And her profile statement seems to really understand what it is that we're looking for and what we value. And she shares those values and has those skills that we're looking for. Okay, so I want to, because we kind of jumped into resume here, I've got two questions to do with resume, and then I want to go back to one other. But while we're on resume, two things. Let's start with this one. Should should we include the year we earned our degree? So my answer to that would be, it depends. And I would say if it's way in the past, like, for example, if it's more than 15 years ago that you earned a degree, I think you can leave that off. Um, we don't want to, you know, be subject to ageism. And so it's really a less important detail. What's more important is that maybe you're demonstrating you have the degree. So I would say keep the degree on there, but drop the year if it's more than, say, 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of people do try and figure out your age based on (laughs) when you got that degree. There's all kinds of tricks. So, okay. And then you had mentioned this earlier What do we do about the career gaps on our resume? Yes. So this is something that is 
can be really daunting if you are returning to the workforce and you have a big gap in your career history. And so I think there are a couple of ways that we can handle that. I'll give you three different options for handling that, in fact. And the first one is fill that experience fill that gap with volunteer activities. So for example, if you stepped out of the workforce to raise children, chances are you haven't just been home with kids that whole time. We know that moms tend to get super active volunteering at our kids' schools, in different community organizations, maybe at your church. And so if you have volunteer activities that you have been busy doing, chances are you have been using professional skills, business skills to do those activities. And so I think those can absolutely have a place on your resume under your experience section. And that helps to fill the gap between when you last had full-time work and the present day. So that's one option that you can use. Another option is to fill that gap by listing coursework that you have taken. If you've been working to reskill yourself to go into a different field, maybe you've done some online courses, community college courses, whatever that may be for you, put that coursework under your experience section as well. Um, that can fill the fill the gap between your last full-time job and the present. And it also can show employers that you are somebody who is a constant learner and always looking to improve themselves. And even though you have been perhaps out of the workforce as a caregiver, you have still been working to sharpen your skill set and improve yourself. So adding coursework is another option. And then a third option if you have been out of the full-time workforce and maybe for a health reason or you've been caregiving for a family member who had health issues, whatever that is, you can simply put career break for caregiving and just put the years that you've been out of the workforce. I think it's important to kind of own your fact that you took a career break, right? We don't want to be hiding it or feel like we have to apologize for that choice or anything. I think this is a really wonderful and often very unselfish choice that women and men make sometimes to step out of the workforce and do something else that requires their attention for on a full-time basis. So we're not trying to sort of paper over the fact that you've been out of the full-time workforce, but it does help on a resume if the first, the most current thing that employers are seeing is not something that happened 10 or 15 years ago. So if you can fill in that gap, then using volunteer activities or coursework or even just calling out career break for caregiving is something that can help you on your resume to fill that gap in full-time work experience. Those are great ideas. And I think they'd be very, I think people are very receptive to those types of things these days, a, a little more uh, lenient about the gap than they used to be. Because even in your current job, more and more employers are recognizing the need for the work family life balance kind of thing. So, um, so those, so those are great ideas. Now I'm going to wrap up and it's kind of a combo. I don't know how you want to address it, but, but two things, it's kind of almost the same thing and yet not how to nail the interview, but how to get that job. 
Yeah. So I think nailing an interview is all about preparation. And so prepare, 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 right? Anticipate questions that you might be asked. You could do that by looking closely at the job description and, you know, highlighting the most important skills that they might be looking for, knowing that you'll be asked about those and how you want to tell them that you have those skills, you have used those skills in the past. Um, Also, I like to have a framework for answering interview questions. And so if you're in a behavioral interview and you're being asked questions that begin with, tell me about a time when you did this. Um, I think a framework that works really well for responding to those is the STAR framework. And STAR is just an acronym that stands for situation, task, action, result, and reflection. And I think if you hit on each of those things, so for example, you use, you tell people the situation you were in when you, uh, to sort of set the context for your story, you tell them what you were tasked with doing. For the A, the action part, you describe the action that you took. And then for R, you describe the results that you achieved. And that second R for reflection is tell people what you learned from that situation. And if you are using a framework like that when you're responding to interview questions, it will keep you really on target as you're giving an answer. It will help to stop that impulse that we might have when we get nervous to ramble on in an interview. And we will definitely want to be able to curb that. And it will also just help you to really streamline your stories and be very specific. And that's really helpful in an interview. So I think those are some good tips on preparing for an interview. Also, I would say when you think about your star stories, have a few good success stories that you want to share before you know what those are before you go into the interview and have said those out loud because sometimes the way we think about things in our head, or if you're writing out answers to prepare for an interview, that might sound different when you actually verbalize it for the first time. So, you know, tell those stories and give your prepared answers to, to your partner, your spouse, a friend who's willing to listen, do it to your bathroom mirror. So you just get the experience of practicing saying your, telling your stories out loud and answering interview questions out loud. I appreciate you bring, uh, being here today and people can get a lot more help from you by, you, I know you have podcasts some courses. Tell us a little bit about that and how they could contact you or get more info. I think the, the first place to go is to backtobusinessconference.com. That is the Back to Business website. There you'll see links to our any future events that we're holding, um, to the podcast that I have done. Uh, if you're looking at the podcast and there's a lot of good episodes out there, I would say start with the Jamie Volvano episode. She's a fantastic guest and really inspirational Um, But I've also got a digital course out there on building your return to work resume. And so that can be really helpful if you're thinking about returning to the workforce. I've got a blog and also connect with me on LinkedIn and follow back to business on LinkedIn because um, you can also sign up for our email list and then you'll receive some weekly job search advice really tailored specifically for women returning to the workforce. 
Okay. So, and I must say that you gave some handy tips, whether you're a woman or a man. So for all our male listeners out there, you are not excluded. Take, take heed of some of this advice and you may just get that job. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Mary, and good luck to all you job seekers out there, men and women. If you are restarting a career, we're all kind of facing those same challenges. And so hopefully some of these strategies will work really well for you. Yes, hopefully indeed that they will work for everybody listening out there. And I and I like this in a way because a lot of people think about going back to work and they wonder, they wonder, could I do it? Is it too late? I've got this gap on my resume, et cetera. And I hope this gave some of you some peace of mind about go for it. Just go for it. What do you got to lose? <laughs> All they can do is say no. So, um, so there you go. And now it's time to say high five. And goodbye. We're out of time. I'm Mary Innsbrucker for Triangle 411. Today's pocket, believe in yourself and others. <laughs>